0: Pass. Hitting seven yards, Brees, there's Touchdown, and there's a the record! That's unbelievable. Drew Brees in rare air! Hartley sends the Saints to the Super Bowl! Welcome inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple, your destination for the Huda Nation. I'm your host, Chris Rosvoglu. You can follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, R O S V O G L O U Report. And remember, if you guys enjoy this podcast, if you want to see more from the future from us, uh, hear some interviews, even get on the show to discuss Saints football. You can, and there's also a cool way of doing that by supporting the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month, and you can see that description on the Anchor page to find out more about supporting Big Easy in the Big Apple. Now, let's get into it, guys. It was tough to sleep at night, if you're a Saints fan, um, like myself. Tough to fathom the idea of the Saints being without Drew Brees. Even for a game, for a quarter, for a second, it's tough, because... It doesn't matter how talented this team is. What matters is that number nine is the glue that holds everything together. And the Saints won't have him. And Ian Rappaport saying that the likelihood is it's a six-week injury. Um, could it be more? Sure. Could it be less? Mm, I'm going to say probably not because Drew's going to get surgery on that thumb. But you never know. Every player recovers differently. But let's say it's the six weeks. As tough as it is right now to look at this Saints team and how they played yesterday, which I'll get into later, and just think about how Teddy's going to be able to manage what's going on, I know a lot of us are thinking, oh, it's man overboard. But I don't necessarily believe it's man overboard for the Saints, at least not yet. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think if you look at this team, and you think about the history of the NFL, and what the Saints have done with this roster in particular, there's a reason they went out to get Teddy Bridgewater. No, they didn't think Drew Brees was definitely going to get hurt. And no, they're not saying because he's 40, you know, but yeah, we got to find the error apparent. The reason Teddy Bridgewater was brought in more than anything else in the world is the same reason the Eagles brought in Nick Foles. Because sometimes your quarterbacks go down because it's the NFL. Flukes happen. Maybe if Drew Brees moves a little bit of the left, his hand doesn't jam into Aaron Donald and all disasters avoided. But it happened and the Saints made damn sure Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in New Orleans. They paid him 7.5 million. They went out of the way to make him a priority in free agency and they said we want Teddy in New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater is not a world-beater at quarterback. The drop off from him to Drew Brees, from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater is substantial. I'm not going to beat around the bush and tell you that. It is. Okay? But looking at this roster, looking at Teddy Bridgewater and what he's done in the past, what he's done in preseason action, what he's done even last year when he played for the Saints a little bit, I am not ready to write off Teddy Bridgewater's career. And the Saints, guess what? This is the best part. The Saints don't need Teddy Bridgewater to be perfect. Because while everyone was going nuts about the Falcons' win last night and their comeback, and granted, Matt Ryan did an excellent job of getting off that screen pass to Julio Jones to get them the win, The NFC South is going to be a disaster this year. People don't want to admit it, but it is. Because guess what? The Falcons have to play the Colts on the road coming up, and then they got to play the Texans on the road. It doesn't get easier for them. Well, how about the Panthers? They haven't won a game yet because Cam Newton is not the same Cam Newton. Hey, how about the Bucs? Well, guess what? The Saints play the Bucs in about three weeks from now. You could take care of your own business against a Tampa Bay team that do we really trust? No, we don't. Because they still have to play the Rams. They still have to play the Seahawks. they got to play the Saints twice. It is not man overboard in New Orleans yet. The key word, yet. Because Teddy didn't look good yesterday. I totally understand it, okay? But Teddy Bridgewater was not part of the game plan for this week. Because you don't game plan to face the Rams saying, oh, well, let's put in a little bit of a package here and there just in case Breeze goes down. Because Breeze has been an Man since he's come to New Orleans. He's missed one game because of an injury. One game. And it was a shoulder injury. And he came back earlier than everyone expected. People thought he was going to miss a couple weeks. He came back after one week because Drew Breeze is a tough son of a gun. So it happens. Injuries are a part of the game. And look. Does it hurt? Does it absolutely sting that Drew Breeze is injured? Of course it does. There's not a player on this roster more irreplaceable than Drew Brees. I can make an argument. The only other player that the Saints can't live without on this team, in my opinion, is Cameron Jordan, because they can find ways to scheme offensive players open. They can find ways to pick apart that secondary and and you know pick and choose who they're going to put where. I mean, we watched B. W. Webb in the secondary. We're really worried about if a secondary player goes down at this point. They get burnt regardless of who's back there. But Drew Brees. Is the guy that you can't replace. So they're gonna be without him for six weeks. And now, before everyone hits the panic button and says the season's over and our window as a Super Bowl contender is over, relax. I'm not a fan of our Aaron Rodgers, but I'm gonna give Aaron Rodgers credit when he said relax. Okay. It is not over yet in New Orleans, and I'll tell you why. This week, the Saints play the Seahawks on the road. Does that seem like a loss right now? Absolutely, it seems like a loss. But let's look at who Seattle's faced. A Cincinnati team on the road, a Cincinnati team at home, who they almost lost, so they won by one point. And then the next week, that Cincinnati team got absolutely steamrolled by the 49ers at home. That's not a great team. Who'd they play in week two? Oh, yes, that was the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers. Mason Rudolph led Steelers, who almost won. If they stopped Seattle on fourth down, they would have had a shot for the win. And I get it, Seattle's better at home. And I get it, Seattle's going to have the better quarterback in this game. But Seattle, they don't beat you in ways that should scare the Saints. You know why the Rams scare certain teams? Because the Rams can hit you with three different wide receivers. And Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald's a nightmare to defend. Clowney's good, but who's to say Armstead doesn't shut Clowney down? Tyler Lockett's good, but Tyler Lockett's not a player like Brandon Cooks. He's not a player like Robert Woods. And heck, I don't know if he's a player like Cooper Cup. And yes, Russell Wilson's amazing. He is fantastic. But the Saints are not a guarantee to lose that game. I'm going to give my prediction later this week. And while I'll probably tell you from now that I'm going to go with Seattle, it's going to be a very close game in my opinion. And how about that Dallas game? Dallas, look. You can say whatever you want about Dallas and how good they look. The reality is they're going to be playing three teams that start the season 0-3. The Giants, the Redskins, and the Miami Dolphins. So they haven't been tested. That Saints team will test them, okay? Now, will the Cowboys most likely win that game or have the better team on paper? Yep, because that's how big of a difference Drew Brees is. But those are two tough games. And let's say the Saints lose those two games. They drop to 1-3. and three. And everyone's going to be saying the season's over. But it's not. After that game, the schedule gets considerably easier for the Saints. At home against the Buccaneers, Teddy Bridgewater can absolutely win that game. On the road against the Gardner Minshew-led Jaguars, because Nick Foles is out till Week Eleven, the Saints can and should win that ball game. So let's say the Saints split those first four games. That's a three and three ball club. That means they're still in the thick of things in early NFL season with six games just in and 10 to go, you're still in the thick of things. After that, you have the Bears at Chicago. That's tough, don't get me wrong, but here's a couple reasons why that game will be close. One, Mitch Trubisky is not that much better than than Teddy Bridgewater, if this is the Teddy Bridgewater we're getting. If Teddy Bridgewater plays better, who knows? Two, Chicago should be 0-2 right now. The refs help them out big time for them to get a game-winning field goal with the second left remaining against Denver. So Chicago hasn't looked like world beaters either. I'm not exactly scared or terrified with that game. And then after that, the Saints are at home against Arizona, who have looked like a fun team, but not a good team. The Saints can split those six games. And if they split those six games, you are 4-4 four and four with Drew Brees coming back. And guess what? Drew Brees can miss seven weeks. It's okay. There's the bye right after that Cardinals game. And the Saints come back at home November 10th to face the Atlanta Falcons. So if you stay 4-4 four and four and you're only a game back or two games back of the NFC South, you can cut one game out with that Falcons win. And guess what? You face the Falcons three weeks later, you could cut another win out. The way the schedule is shaped up for the Saints, it is not by the slightest bit man overboard. Because guess what? The month that Drew Reese is projected to come back, these Saints play at home against the Falcons on the road against the Buccaneers, at home against the Panthers, on the road against the Falcons. The key to winning your division is winning your divisional games. And Drew Brees will be ready for those. Drew Brees will be on the field for those divisional games. So yes, it hurts and it sucks that Drew Brees is going to be out. No one is denying that. But Drew Brees is one of the toughest players the NFL has seen. I am 100% not ready to write off this team yet, okay? And if Teddy Bridgewater, if Sean Payton viewed him as a guy that can keep this team afloat while number nine is down, you have to trust him. Because Sean Payton got a five-year extension yesterday. Not because of what Sean Payton did last year, because what Sean Payton's proven over the course of his career in New Orleans, that he's a damn good coach That he can game plan better than almost every other guy in the league. And that although his bread and butter was having Drew Brees, he knows that this is a good team in in New Orleans. And I'll have to figure out who my quarterback is after number nine, but I'm here for the long haul. This is his first experiment. Seeing if Teddy is the guy. We'll get our answers. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Losing number nine sucks but the Saints have a chance to go 3-3 and in those six games. And now they're saying the window is six to eight weeks for Drew. You're saying he's missing those six games. He's got the bye week, that's an extra week, and basically the eight-week window literally on the nail. The eight-week window, if he takes that long, is against Atlanta at home. Put it this way, guys. Just put it this way. The Saints... If they win three out of those six games, are in the hunt. If Ted, Teddy Bridgewater steals one of those games that people are projecting as a loss, the Saints would be 5-3 and three with Drew Brees coming back. And guess who Drew Brees would face? Those four division games, a game against the 49ers, a game against the Titans, a game against the Jacoby Brissett-led Colts, and a game against the Panthers. And that is if the season's over. That's it. The eight games that he would come back for are not that bad. So I get it, it's tough, and it's a difficult day to to grasp, okay? I understand that, but let's not say it's over yet, because it's not. And until we know what we have in Teddy Bridgewater, and we didn't get an understanding in that Rams game, let's just pump the brakes real quick on this season, okay? We'll see if this team can compete without him. I am not ready to write him off. I am not ready to say Drew Brees' career is over. Whoever's saying that, you're just crazy. But it will be a difficult time. But the good thing is the Saints can and I believe will keep the ship afloat while Drew Brees is out, at least for now. Anyway, guys, when I come back, I'm going to talk about this Rams loss and you know what's coming, the referees. Um, But anyway, we're going to discuss all what took place on Sunday in L.A., brutal afternoon for what was a disastrous day in total for the Saints. Um, and I'm gonna break down every little aspect of it when we come back from the break. And we're back. Inside Big Easy in the Big Apple, once again, the destination for the Houdat Nation. Now, I talked about the Drew Brees injury and how it will affect the Saints, and we all know it will affect the Saints for sure, Um, and it's going to be a tough couple of, um, over a month actually, to figure out what this team is. Um, Getting through October is going to be brutal. Um, Getting through the rest of this month is going to be brutal. Totally understand that. Um, And it just seems for a lot of people that a a season where we thought was going to be based on revenge and the Saints coming back to win a bunch of games and maybe win a Super Bowl, um, it feels like it slipped away. But I just want to lay down a couple of scenarios real quick before I get into my discussion about the Rams um, and the refs and what took place there. I just want to talk about um, a scenario that took place in Denver in 2015. The teams are not the same. They're not even in the same conference. Totally understand that. Um, but Peyton Manning suffered a foot injury that kept him out for six games um, with the Denver Broncos. Brock Osweiler held down the fort. Um, Denver ended up getting the one seed NFC in the AFC. The Saints will not be getting the one seed NFC, and I'm not even going to think about the playoffs right now. But it's the principle and the concept of what took down what took place in Denver um, that if you're a fan of New Orleans, you got to hold on to hope. Brock Osweiler played in six games. Denver was winning games people thought they would lose, like against New England in overtime in the snow. They won that game. People would have thought they would have lost. Um, Brock Osweiler was doing things that the Broncos never imagined he could, like go four and two in six games as a starter against teams that were pretty difficult. And because he was able to hold down the fort, Denver got the one seat, Denver got into the playoffs, and Denver got into the playoffs. And Peyton Manning comes back in as a starter. And we all know how that goes down. Peyton Manning didn't play great, but the, the Denver Broncos, led by their amazing defense, won a Super Bowl. Peyton rode out into the sunset on top. I am not saying Drew Brees is going to come back and the defense is going to play amazing and they're going to ride into the sunset with a Super Bowl win. But it just it's stuff like that that shows you sometimes the backups can keep the team afloat just long enough to keep this train moving. And we saw it with the Eagles, and that's an NFC example. I know the one seed was locked up already, but Nick Foles didn't look great in his first game he had to come back into um, when Carson Wentz went down. And then once the playoffs came around, he clicked, and we saw Nick Foles lead them to wins over the Falcons, over the Vikings, over the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then the next year, When Wentz got injured again, Nick Foles came in and led them into big wins over the Texans, over the Rams, over the Redskins, and they made the playoffs and beat Chicago on the road and nearly beat the Saints on the road. And no, I don't think Bridgewater's Nick Foles, but can Bridgewater be Brock Osweiler? Yes, and better. So, please guys, don't give up hope yet because we've seen scenarios where the quarterback's out. Six to eight weeks, and the team finds a way to battle just hard enough to say, you know what? We gotta get to a certain point for Drew to come back. And when Drew comes back, you'll figure it out, we'll figure it out, and this team will get rolling again. But we gotta get to the point and we gotta stay competitive. So when Drew comes back, we have a puncher's chance to stay in the NFC picture. And that's what matters the most. Now let's talk about it. I'm not gonna ignore what happened on Sunday. You guys aren't going to ignore it either. Once again, the refs absolutely screwed the New Orleans Saints. Once again. And I want to tell myself, and I told myself this season, I would never get mad over another ref's call again, and I would just expect it to happen. But guess what? I was mad on Sunday. And can you blame me? And can we blame anyone who freaking complained? I mean, that fumble. That was ruled an incomplete pass, which goes against everything the refs are taught, which is, if that happens, let it play out because we can always go back and just make it an incomplete pass. What we can't do is go back and give the team a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And yet that's exactly what happened between the two teams that we saw arguably the worst no-call in the history of sports. If there was one game where the refs needed to be on point this year it was saints rams and god damn it they dropped the ball again and that's after nearly screwing the saints against the texans on monday night that's three games where the saints have been absolutely destroyed by the referees now were there a couple of blocks in the back that the refs got right sure were there pass interference plays sure but that was the game changer right there. The Saints would have been up 10-3. to 3. They would have had the Rams pinned in their own in your, their own end zone on the touchback. And they would have been in a very good position to go into halftime with the lead and say, you know what, win this game for Drew. The refs took off six points, seven with the extra point there. And the game was never the same again. Because uh, Sean Payne goes for it on fourth down without Drew Brees. They don't get it and we all know how crappy it went from there. Everything went downhill. And for everyone saying the Saints fans are babies and they complain and yada yada, get the hell out of here with that remark. Because if it was your team getting constantly messed up by the refs, if it was your team getting screwed out of a Super Bowl chance, if it was your team that had a couple calls go their way and hurt them in a game they needed to win without their starting quarterback, you would react the same way. So I don't want to hear that the Saints fans are getting lawsuits ready or being babies about everything or constantly complaining about the refs. The refs get paid way too much to be this freaking bad. And I'll tell you one more thing. At some point in life with everything, everything in life, when you constantly get messed up and screwed over by the same exact person or same exact company, it's not a coincidence. It's personal. For three straight games, three big games, the Saints have had a battle, the opposing team and the refs. And it's not a mistake anymore. It's not. It's what the NFL wants, okay? The NFL doesn't need New Orleans to be good. They don't. What they need or who they want to be good is to build up the L.A. market, to build up Dallas. That's what they want and what they need, and they're going to get it at this point. And for the NFL week in and week out to not be accountable for your own damn mistakes, are you kidding me? If someone messes up that bad in their field, their boss fires them. But how come the refs, who are part-time workers for the NFL, they only work those 16 weeks, every time they mess up, it's okay? Please let me know. Because I don't got an answer for you why it's okay for them to constantly mess up. But for everyone else in life with what you do, oh, that's it. One strike, you're out. The NFL has been an abomination when it comes to officiating. It's not going to get better. And unfortunately, you have to sit here and tell your Saints fans, well, now we just have to expect when the bad call is going to come. How is that fair? Because it's not. And I tweeted this yesterday. I'm a firm believer of this in everything in life. Life is all about timing. Everything, everything lined up perfect for the Saints to win in 2018. And they had their chance and they got snatched away. And maybe they never come back from that. Maybe they never do. Maybe people who say that the Saints will never get over that loss are right. But how is that supposed to make people feel that the way the Saints lost wasn't by their own doing? And I don't want to be stuck in 2018. It's 2019, I want to move on. I want to talk about this Saints team. But every time an egregious call happens and every time the refs constantly Mess over the Saints makes you think about what could have been and why this team, this franchise, this city constantly gets messed up and screwed over by the officials. I'm done asking for answers. I'm done expecting Roger Goodell and that that company to fix their ways. It's never going to change. It's always going to be corrupt. And the NFL will get what they want. What they want is New England versus a big market in the NFC. And they'll get it. By hell or high water, they will get it. And it just stings. And it just feels like every time they mess up, someone spits in your face. It's not right. Um, and, and what I don't get more than anything in the world, Sean Payton, one of the most aggressive, most you know, pumped up coaches in the world, why are you not just taking digs, taking shots at the officials. Let them find you at this point. Just be the guy that we all know you are and show you're fed up with this. You're absolutely fed up with this, okay? Because there's nothing more you can do at this point. Who's to say a bad call doesn't happen in Seattle next week? Who's to say? But anyway, man, I mean, it's just so frustrating. Week in, Week out, a bad call from the refs, and guess what? Always against New Orleans every single time. It's frustrating, man. Real frustrating. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for me here on another edition of Big Easy and the Big Apple. Remember, just keep staying in tune with everything and monitoring the status of Drew Brees. He's out for six to eight weeks is what they say now. We'll see if the Saints put him on IR. Fingers crossed they don't because if they do, we're in trouble. That means he's not going to be here until like week 11. God help the Saints at that point, you know? and just, you know, monitor what's going on with number nine. I'm going to continue updating you guys. Don't worry about that. But anyway, guys, make sure to, one, subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. Two, follow me on Twitter, at Rose Vogel Report, if you always enjoy my Saints content, which, for the most part, most of you guys do. Um, And three, please, until we see what Teddy Bridgewater is, do not just start bashing the guy when, let's be real, that game was tough for him to just come in and, what, light it up against a Rams defense that knew once Drew Brees was out it's going to be easy picking so let's relax let's just pump the brakes on that and see how Teddy Bridgewater plays against Seattle um, on Sunday but anyway guys that's going to do it for me I want to thank you guys for listening try to enjoy the rest of your week I know it's going to be tough but try um, and until I come back on the air I'll be waiting to see what other news we could talk about later this week probably on Friday for my preview slash prediction of Saints versus Seahawks so enjoy the rest of your week guys thank you for listening And I'll be back once again to talk more Saints football.